another edition of the Boulders Extra Podcast on the road, returning from Bloomington on this Saturday night after Purdue uh, beats Indiana 74-62. That's six straight wins in the rivalry series uh, for the Boilermakers, and nine of the last ten have gone Purdue's favor, and that's four straight wins at Assembly Hall for Purdue. Uh, Only one other team has won five straight at Assembly Hall, and that's Wisconsin. Uh, so Purdue is in some rarefied air there, uh, being able to win four straight games at Assembly Hall. Uh, that you know things like that have not happened over the years. Um, you can look at it two ways. It shows you just how successful Purdue has been uh, in this series recently. It also maybe tells you where Indiana's program is at uh, right now. You know, as we all know, this is not a uh, a great, great Purdue team. Anyway, I think I think we know that. Uh, but I think what this team has done has kind of found its way a little bit here over the last week, and now has put itself in a position to finish uh, in a decent spot in the Big Ten standings. You know, I, I wouldn't. You know, the top four certainly is not out of question right now because they're seven and six, and everything is just kind of packed together. But also, it puts them in a, a favorable position for the NCAA tournament, where if they continue to take care of business, then not only is Purdue going to get in the tournament, but it's, it has a chance to avoid being in that 8-9 game, it had a chance to avoid maybe being in the first four, but you know, there's still several weeks left in the season, a lot of things to go and uh, we can cover all those bases a little bit later. But, you know, today was um, a different day at Assembly Hall. No question about it. Uh, you had the game, which is its own story, and the one I think Purdue fans most care about. But then you had the other side of the story was Bob Knight uh, returning to Assembly Hall for the first time uh, in more than two decades after being fired several years ago. And, you know, it was, it was an emotional scene. It was an emotional day for that. And all that wrapped up into, you know, kind of what happened on Saturday. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I want to get to the game first and kind of what happened. And, you know, I, I, I guess the, the question you ask yourself about this Purdue team, has it turned the corner when it comes to road games? And not just winning road games, but playing better on the road. And I think... Um, I, you know, I think uh, it's hard to not answer that question with a yes. Now, granted, uh, a week ago at Northwestern, what is it? It's at this time, at the time I'm driving back at this time, uh, a week ago, Purdue was losing to Northwestern. Uh, it was still early in, early in the game, but they were losing to Northwestern, and they, they were down by eight and needed 11 straight points to, to win the game. So, that, that was a pick-me-up. Then you beat Iowa the way you did. Uh, and then you get to today where uh, Purdue got down 5 nothing, but you never um, you, you never had the feeling that a blowout was coming from Indiana's standpoint. You know, Eric Hunter hits a couple threes, kind of settled things down. I, I thought he was big early in the game. I really did. I thought his offensive production was big. Uh, hitting those two threes, I just got Purdue into the game, and I thought he was really good on the defensive level. And if you look at a, a big picture snapshot here of uh, of Eric Hunter uh, Jr., uh, 
uh, the last three games. Uh, he came off the bench against Northwestern and was more aggressive, had an aggressive mindset. Uh, and that served him well in that game. It served him well at the end of the game when he hit a couple shots during that 11-0 run. Um, and Purdue just needed, needs its guards to play better. Uh, there's, there's just no other way around that. And then, of course, he, he joined the parade on, on, on Wednesday, beating Iowa. Everybody got, got to shoot and score in that game. But uh, tonight I really thought he was, he was the guy that kept Purdue in there uh, early. Uh, as it kind of found its way a little bit as you as you're moving guys in and out of the rotation you're trying to deal with foul trouble Evan Boudreau picked up two fouls uh, I believe before the first media timeout but uh, I, I really thought Hunter was a, was a force on both ends and at the end of the day you know he he outplayed Indiana's guards and I thought that was really a big big part of why uh, Purdue uh, won today, but you know it was back and forth early, and neither team really took control. Um, Purdue had some chances, but you know got into got into some issues. Had took maybe some quick shots and had some bad turnovers, but uh, eventually things settled down. And then the unlikeliest of of guys to really get on a run was Aaron Wheeler. Um, hit hit back to back threes. And he had to come in the game because, as mentioned before, uh, Boudreaux uh, got in some early foul trouble. So Painter had to go to to Wheeler to kind of buy some minutes there until he could put Boudreaux back into the game uh, and, and help settle things, settle things down defensively. But Aaron Wheeler, uh, you know, he had four or five against Iowa on Wednesday, and even even he admitted after the game, it's like, well, you know, everybody scored in that game. So, you know, I don't know what he took out of that, but. Uh, for him to hit those two threes, ended up with three threes in the first half, uh, I just think, um, you know, this is what Matt Painter kind of expected from him at the beginning of the year. And it's, now whether this is the start of something or just an uptick in in what he's doing right now, we won't know until this all plays out. But it's a positive sign for this team that they're getting scoring from some from some different places right now. You know, Trayvon Williams doesn't have to carry the whole load. Matt Harms doesn't have to carry the whole load. Uh, Eric Hunter doesn't have to carry the whole load. You don't, you know, Sasha Stefanovic doesn't have to carry the whole load. Um, so you're getting some some scoring from some places you didn't get it earlier in the year, and if that continues. You know, you're going to see this team increase its offensive production um, as as we get a little bit deeper into the season and then heading into uh, the Big Ten tournament. And that can only uh, help uh, what what this team can accomplish. Because, uh, there, you know, as you know, there's been games where you didn't have to guard everybody. Uh, and you just, you know, and that's... That's just the way it is. I mean, you, you were going to leave Wheeler open. I mean, I remember when Tom Izzo uh, said after the Purdue game, when, you know, Purdue won by 29, and I believe one of the first plays of the game was uh, Michigan State fouling Aaron Wheeler on a three-point attempt. And Tom Izzo's like, you know, well, we go out and foul a guy that's shooting, you know, one for whatever in the Big Ten, and that's not very smart. And it wasn't at the time. and But it gave... 
it gave Purdue a little bit of life, but that's how Aaron Wheeler was viewed going into the Michigan State game. You know, now as Purdue gets ready to play Penn State, Penn State has to be a little bit more aware of Aaron Wheeler and what he did, what he's done these last two games. Now, do you, you know, what do you do with him? Uh, do you do you play off of him to go double in the post, or you do something else? But the point is, if he continues to at least be a guy that other teams have to guard, then that just enhances the whole offensive package uh, for Purdue. And, you know, I thought in the second half there was a play about 13 minutes to go, a little bit more than 13 minutes to go. He, he out-muscled a couple of Indiana players for the ball on an offensive rebound, had a put back. Purdue went up 13, and Indiana called a timeout, and... And I know Indiana got within six a little bit later, but that that, that had to be demoralizing to Indiana right there. Because Aaron Wheeler's not not a strong kid. Um, he, he has rebounded well all year, but he's not, not a strong kid. And for him to make that play, you know, shows a lot of toughness on his part, which Painter's been wanting to see from the whole team. But to me, that was like Indiana just... <laughs> they, they could have put up the white flag at that time and uh, everything would have been fine uh, but you know Wheeler stepping up and hitting some shots uh, big big for this team and when you look at the scoring you know Purdue got 74 today which is a uh, a season high in a Big Ten road game it might be a high in the road game overall because I believe they only had 64 in Ohio but when you look at the scoring, Eric Hunter had 12, and Boudreaux had five. Nine players played, nine players scored. So you're ranging between five and 12. I know those numbers don't really jump off the stat sheet at you and scream what great offense they had, but for this team, that that is about as solid of a night you can have offensively with everybody getting involved. And it doesn't matter who's scoring. If everybody on the floor just takes turns scoring, then what do the what does the other team do? Who do they shade off? Who do they try to double? Who do they try to focus on? And I think that's, you know, and if, if you're a regular listener to this, which if you're not, you should be, you know, the one thing that I've harped on all year is that whatever Purdue does this season, whatever it accomplishes, has to be done collectively. They don't have the one man. They don't have the alpha dog. They don't have the guy that's going to go out and get you 40 and carry you to them through the game. And, you know, we all know that. We've all seen it. We've all talked about it. We've all written about it. It's not a surprise. But tonight was more of that collective effort where everybody chipped in. You know, nine players played, nine scored. Eight of the nine had a rebound. Seven of the nine had at least three rebounds. And none were bigger than Evan Boudreaux's offensive rebounds late in the game as Indiana was trying to get back into it. Still trolled by double digits, but gave up a, a pair of offensive boards 
in the three to four minute range, a little under three. Purdue got three points off those two offensive rebounds, but it just it kept the lead at double digits and really, uh, again, demoralized. I think Indiana because you're you know you're trying to climb back into it, and if you can get a stop and get a score, you get under double digits, you get a little momentum behind you, and so on and so forth. But you know that's how Purdue closed. That's how you close out a game without scoring. To be to be honest, with those two offensive rebounds. And those are the little things that Purdue didn't do earlier in the year. And and really, on the road, they haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of that uh, because, you know, you scored 37 points in Illinois. You know, the Michigan game comes to mind where if you're making, if you get that offensive rebound or that, yeah, you get that offensive rebound that extends your possession or you, you limit Michigan to one shot, you can, you know, you change that game a little bit. And I think... You know, tonight we saw what happened, and um, so it, it just this is this is who this team is, and that's who it's going to be. It's not going to change, but you know they were able to get everybody involved. Isaiah Thompson uh, had had some big moments again. I remember in that you know 12-0 run at the end of the first half, uh, Isaiah got close in the lane. He, put up a shot, missed it, got his own rebound, put it back in. Uh, and again, that had to be demoralizing for Indiana to let Thompson uh, get away with that. You know, Purdue didn't face the greatest defensive team in the league or in the country. Uh, Indiana has a lot of holes, um, but it's a rivalry game. And that's kind of what you take out of that, where Purdue played harder, they played smarter, um, and they were, they, are, they were on the attack a lot more often. Uh, than Indiana, and when Indiana made a run in the second half, got it within six, Purdue found a way to extend that lead with a 9-0 run, five points from Matt Harms, some free throws here, and all of a sudden, the, the place is emptying out, and so things that they didn't do earlier in the year, they did today, now, they got to do them again, next time they're on the road, which will be uh, Saturday at Ohio State, and then you got to keep doing it. I mean, it's just, that's part of it. But it has taken time for this team kind of to learn, you know, what to do on the road. And I, I, I chalk that up to just having guys in new roles and guys figuring out what to do, when to do it. Um, you've got, you know, a couple guys in uh, Evan Boudreaux and Jihad Proctor who are seniors, not fully invested in the program because they haven't been here for four or five years, but invested enough to know that what's at stake now, where they put themselves in a position to, you know, make some noise at the end of the year, but also put themselves in position to get in the NCAA tournament uh, if they can if they can take care of uh, what they need to over the last three or four weeks and you know I think this this week stretch has given them um, kind of a renewed focus and I think a deeper hunger to to finish this off right and so I would I would expect Purdue to continue to improve continue to play well Um, you you can see kind of see the confidence growing a little bit with this team uh, you know they have it at home, and now I think 
when they get to Ohio State next Saturday, assuming that they, they can beat Penn State at home, I think you're going to see a really confident team that you know feels like it can go in there and beat the Buckeyes. And, you know, that's 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 what you need. You know, defensively tonight, Purdue kind of kept the ball out of the paint as much as possible. Uh, didn't let Indiana uh, really feast down there as much. You know, when uh, Trace uh, Jackson Davis got the ball, there were multiple people around him. Uh, you know, Purdue didn't let the the perimeter guys get get too hot. Um, so. You know, probably Purdue's most complete game on the road this year. You know, I, I don't think that's a stretch, and that's not meant to be an obvious statement, but uh, you know that that is, and it's it's coming at the right time. You just, I guess, you needed to be a little bit more patient with this team, and to see kind of where where they would end up. And you know, as you look back. You know, when they lost to Maryland by seven, but got up within three points uh, late in the game. Or when you look at Rutgers, where they got behind early. You know, he got behind 12 or so uh, in the second half, but got it down to a one-possession game, but couldn't finish. And then that led to the Northwestern game, and then that led to today. So it, there's been there's been steps that have been taken. Uh, with this team on the road, uh, and now I think you're starting to see that they are are, are finally in, have put themselves in a position to really make something out of this season. They do have 10 losses. The record won't be pretty, but you know it's what you do here late. It's here. It's what you do at the end of the year that's going to matter. And you know right now Purdue's going to be one of those teams that. Uh, most teams are not going to want to play. Uh, so, you know, the game, you know, again, nice win for Purdue. You know, and I thought that they they did a, they did a nice job of kind of blocking out the emotions of the day, you know, with Bob Knight returning. And you had a feeling that that emotion might carry over into the second half. And then Indiana would get on a run and use what happened at halftime where they honored the championship, you know, former championship teams from IU. Uh, you had All-Americans out there. Uh, you had star players. You had NBA players. And, uh, you know, it was an emotional halftime. And for a lot of the fans at Assembly Hall, um, you know, I'm not sure how many of them were around uh, when Knight uh, when Knight was coaching, uh, you know, I know they understand the history and they understand, you know, what's gone on in the program. But you know, for a lot of those people, they, they you know, the students were, you know, most of them not even alive when that happened. But you know, I think today for Indiana, it, it was a day to to honor Knight. Uh, and get him back there and then add some closure to this whole thing because there's always been talk about him coming back uh, getting honored and you know I think most people would hope that he would come back again and just sit and watch a game 
Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't believe he actually watched the game in person. Uh, he may have watched it on TV uh, in Cook Hall because that's where they had a reception and uh, players, uh, former players met over there. Um, and we heard after the game that uh, Knight had talked to the current team in the locker room uh, beforehand. Uh, so, but Purdue didn't let really that This car going to let me get over? Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, but Purdue didn't let that, you know, affect it. You know, Matt Harms, you know, I asked the question to Matt Harms after the game. It's like, you know, with everything that was going on at halftime, you know, making sure you knew Indiana would try to make a run. They would try to feed off the emotion of the moment uh, and, you know, try to try to win, win, win it for Coach Knight. And he's like, hey, you know, we had Gene Cady sitting behind our bench. You know, that's the only guy he cares about. Uh, so I thought, you know, it was, a, it was a good answer to the question. And, you know, yes, Gene Cady was there. Gene Cady was right behind the bench. Gene Cady stood and applauded when uh, Bob Knight walked out onto the floor uh, at halftime. Uh, and that was a, a class act by Gene. Uh, him and Knight have remained close uh, since they both retired. Uh, from basketball, and yeah, a lot of people that were around for the Knight Katie era, um, you know, Purdue fans hated Knight, IU fans hated Katie, but they they made each other better. They made each program better, and because of the the fierce competitiveness of both, you know, especially Gene Katie, knowing that he had to bring Purdue's program up to. Uh, you know, if you want to win a Big Ten championship, he had to go through Indiana. And he worked to put Purdue in that position many, many times over the years. And I know he appreciates what Bob Knight meant to, to Indiana basketball at the university, but also uh, the state of Indiana in basketball. And, you know, Bob Knight's right when he talks about the state of Indiana and what, what basketball means to the people here. And it was a... You know, it got a little off track. Maybe the, I don't want to call it the celebration, but the ceremony got a little off track uh, a little bit. Uh, and that night tried to go over and see Dick Vitale, and Dick Vitale put his hand on his head and was trying to hug him, and Bob Knight didn't want any part of it. Uh, so that got a little awkward. But nice ovation by the crowd. Everybody stayed in their seats at halftime, for, for what I could tell, uh, knowing that that moment was coming because uh, you know, they were they were honoring the, the 1980 Big Ten championship team. But uh, but everybody knew that that Knight was in the building and that he would he would come out, and he did, and he needed some help. And uh, you know, he's a 79 year old man who has some health issues, but. All in all, you know, but Purdue, the way Purdue, I, I thought the way Purdue handled it uh, by coming out in the second half and just kind of maintaining what they did in the first half, uh, I think shows uh, that this team has taken a step from a maturity standpoint and, you know, can be ready to, to maybe uh, 
propel themselves into the final final games of this season and then see where they end up in the Big Ten standings and you know if they if they can take care of enough business you know get themselves in the NCAA tournament what what do they need to do well, I thought coming into today Purdue had four road games left I felt they had to split uh, those two games or those four games so right now you're looking at going one and two either you know you've got Ohio State you've got Wisconsin you got Iowa all would appear to be games Purdue should be able to compete in, uh, but uh, you know, as as everyone knows, it's going to be different on the road. Now, when I said I I thought Purdue needed to split its last four four road games, that's taking into account that Purdue takes care of a business at home, and to me that 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 has become a bigger key uh, than anything else. Because you can't, he lost the one game at home to Illinois. I don't think they can afford another loss because, um, not that they can't go out on the road and win. Uh, it's just you don't you don't need to make it that hard on yourself. To be honest, you, you've got to uh, you've got to protect that home court now. You've got a tough Penn State team coming in, uh, one that has won at Michigan State, one that won today against Minnesota. Uh, one that is right up there in the right up there at the standings with Illinois and Maryland, uh, a team that is starting to smell a little bit of championship, and uh, they've got the, they've got the personnel, they've got the they've got the dog to do it, they've got the they've got the guy, they got the one guy that can carry it there, and Purdue's going to have its hands full with him. Uh, Lamar Stevens on on Tuesday, and then there are other home games. Uh, you've got Indiana coming back. You got Rutgers uh, at the end of the year. As 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 we mentioned, they got uh, uh, they got Penn State. You got Michigan making another. You got Michigan coming in here. So uh, the home schedule is probably equally as tough as the road schedule. You know now that uh, Zach Livers is back for Michigan, he played today. That makes the Wolverines a little bit more dangerous. Um, so Purdue's not out of out of the woods yet. Uh, it's it's in a much better position today uh, than it was a week ago, where you know you lose that Northwestern game, you're not beating Iowa 104 to 68, and you're probably not winning today. And I, you know I think if they don't if they didn't beat Northwestern. Uh, you probably had a feeling that uh, it was going to be a tough final month because uh, it just would have been hard for this team maybe to recover from that loss. But, you know, when we look back on it, when you, when you get to the Big Ten tournament or when you get to the NCAA tournament and then you look back on what, you know, how did they get to this point, you know, I think you're going to point to uh, the last 249 at, at Northwestern and, and circle that and say that you know the what they did down the stretch in that game you know put them put them in whatever position they end up assuming that they they still take care of business and um, you know you always have to say that because you just don't while you have a pretty good handle on what this team is going to be right now you know you still 
They're not going to shoot 50% from three-point range on the road every time. Uh, That's the other thing. I mean, you, you come off hitting 19 three-pointers, then you go 8 for 16 from three on the road. I mean, that's, uh, that's not easy to do because I'm a... I'm an advocate of the, you know, uh, of saying the three-point shot, you know, doesn't really go with you every game. It it struggles at home at times, but you know, it's it's just hard to to maintain that level of shooting, and that's why your better teams shoot 40, 42 percent from three-point range. That's not half. That's not even half. So it, it's not a it's not an easy thing to do. What Purdue has done these last two games. You know, by hitting 19 three-pointers against Iowa and then going 8 for 16 tonight. It helps when they don't guard you like Iowa did and IU struggled to do tonight. But, you know, you still got to hit the shots. But anyway, we appreciate you checking in uh, to the Bowlers Extra podcast. Tell your friends, your neighbors, if you have questions, comments, email. Uh, you can hit me up on the Twitter machine. I'm not that hard to find. Uh, hell, you can send a letter if you want. I think that would be wonderful. And of course, as we mentioned after the last podcast, or after the last game podcast that was, that Bowler's Extra podcast subscription makes the perfect Valentine's Day gift. What a better way to spend Valentine's Day than listening to the Bowler's Extra podcast. You can thank me later. We appreciate you checking in. Have a good day. Uh, Purdue and Penn State on Tuesday. And uh, be back after that game to, to break it down and see where the Boilermakers stand after facing the Nittany Lions. Once again, thanks for checking in and have a good day.